Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning. And today my guest is Ranit Corey, who has been is a teacher in Santa Barbara, California. She's been teaching for over 20 years. She um, specializes in teaching humans how to be happy, present, and fully expressed, and dogs how to become relaxed and balanced. Ronit, welcome to the show. Hi, Robert. Thank you very much. Well, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to get to talk to you. Um, before we start talking about the Alexander technique and and uh, dogs, which is going to be our main topic, could you begin by just giving a brief description or definition of the Alexander technique? Sure. So what I say to people is it's about undoing habits of tension, and that might make not make much sense to them, so I show myself pulling down as in slumping and narrowing myself and pulling myself together. And I say a lot of us are in this sort of, we live in this sort of way. And what we teach people is how to undo that so that you feel taller and wider and a lot of your pains go away, lower back pain, shoulder pain, neck pain, etc. So that's how I normally describe it to people. And I guess this is jumping ahead just a tiny bit, but I imagine uh, dogs are capable of that kind of habitual misuse as well, right? Yes, actually, there's, um, when I was in my training, our teacher said to us that there's, no, there's two animals that really do uh, misuse their bodies because of us, yeah. because they're, they're so influenced by us, and that's dogs and horses. Yes, horses, of, I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, we can, you know, we can mess a cat up pretty well, too, but usually they, they are, they're more on their own, they're more independent, but dogs, yes, you can yeah. see a lot of hunched over little dogs, and very tense dogs, fearful yeah. dogs that a have lot been, of fear. been misused. We we've adopted uh, dogs from the pound a couple of times, and one of them I think had been quite severely mis mis uh, you know not treated well, and right. you could just see it in her in how she reacted to certain things. So, how did you get interested in uh, working with dogs originally? Well, Originally, okay. Well, I had a, I have an only child son, and somebody said you must get him a dog. So we went to the pound. We picked out a beautiful dog, and we asked, "Does he have any problems?" And they said, "No, not really." Well, we got home, and he tried to bite my husband, and he was just very aggressive to humans, uh, especially men, and almost all dogs. So he was this very difficult dog. So I took him to trainers, and. In the end, the trainer said, look, just keep him away from other dogs. And I thought, that's just, you know, I can't live, he can't live like that, and I can't live like that. What kind of a life is that for a dog? So um, somebody actually whispered to me in the dog park. He kept saying, study Caesar Milan, study Caesar Milan. So I did. I looked him up, and I, and I got some ideas from him, and it was very helpful. Then as I was working with my dog, I was using, I was I was doing hands-on work on him, doing Alexander Technique. And it took me about six years to realize how he understood my what I was offering with my hands and my nervous system far better than the humans did and how he was my best he was my best student and he was my best feedback mechanism and it was amazing he he understood at a far higher level so i i was working on him and i ended up working on a couple of uh, friends dogs 
And one of them was all stiff and it was like a dying dog, frankly. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it looked, its tongue was hanging out and uh, it could barely walk. And as I was talking to her, the dog came over and sat next to me and I, uh, I started working on its hips and just giving it some more room in its lungs. And it started walking around like a puppy, prancing. And she was going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So, and then a week later, her husband came home and said, what happened to the dog? And she said... And I like this story. I think it's very funny. She said, he said to her, she told him that I had done some Alexander work on the dog. And he said, well, what did she do exactly? And she said, nothing I could identify. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) Yeah, because it's all about undoing. So it's subtle. So, um, so, and she kept saying, you've got to work with dogs professionally. You've got to. And there was this other woman who had a similar, we had a similar experience with her dog and her cat. And it's the same thing. So, I ended up going to the pound, and all the doors were opening for this. It was very interesting, whereas, you know, it was a lot harder to get individual students, human students, but the Alexander doors to the pound were opening. And um, I ended up putting up a flyer saying I didn't, I didn't want to say Alexander technique. I didn't know what to do. So I said pet healer. I'm a pet healer. And mm-hmm. immediately I was getting business. It was really amazing. I mean, as soon as I made the flyer, I showed it to a friend of mine. And then her friend said, I want that. And that was my first client. And it was um, an English bulldog. And then um, people were calling me up and saying, I have an aggressive boxer and I said well it sounds like you need training you need a trainer and he said I'm reaching out to you and that was the sort of language they were using they were saying I'm reaching out to you I'm asking you for help so I went to you know I gave them I I, I knew a little bit about the Caesar Milan work that Mm -hmm. he's the dog whisperer right and so I I ended up um you know helping them but I took my shingle down I took my 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 little flyers down and I started to just study everything that Caesar Milan did because there's lots of it on the internet and I mm-hmm. bought all these videos I ended up training with him on um, on a course called Training Caesar's Way. I was really fortunate to get on that course. Very hard to get onto it mm-hmm. and super expensive. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was very helpful. And uh, yeah, and so through that, I've ended up becoming a dog trainer with Alexander Technique as well. And it seems to be the Alexander Technique that opens the doors, interestingly enough, because there's a lot of dog trainers around. Sure. But they're, yeah. but they, then they compete with each other. But somehow the fact that I'm an Alexander Technique teacher made me less threatening, and that was really nice. So I've got a good reputation at the, the county shelter here for working with the dogs, and I do what I can, and then I work with individual dogs too mm-hmm. and I foster dogs so I take the worst cases that are going to be killed and do what I can with them to get them adopted mm. so that's what I'm doing at home wow that's a that's a wonderful wonderful story I I have certainly I'm very familiar with Alexander teachers working with horses and having very good results it had never occurred to me for some reason that dogs um would be a good subject as well. But it, now that you say it, it seems sort of obvious in a way. Right, right. And l- let me just say something else. The The reason that Caesar Milan's work interested me so much, and this mm-hmm. fellow was so clever to suggest it to me, mm-hmm. is because it's all about energy and body language. Yes. I've, and so yeah, it's all yeah. the way the human holds themselves. It's all about my body language as you know we're not we're looking at the dog as well but it's the way i work with myself and basically he's telling people to do what we're suggesting in the alexander technique 
world as well. He's telling them to let go, to be calm, to be, he's saying calm and assertive, but he's getting them in a balanced way. He say he doesn't know Alexander technique, so he says, lift your shoulders up, you know, stand up straight, feel good about yourself. What do you do for a living? Oh, well, in that, if you're a nurse, you can't be feeling sorry for the, for the patients, right? So you can't feel sorry for the dogs. You've got to, you've got to be your most powerful self, which is one of the results of Alexander technique. So I had this distinct advantage in mm-hmm. learning all that mm-hmm. stuff because I already had a lot of knowledge about my own energy, my own, um, my own movement in my body, where I'm holding, where I'm not holding, what works and what doesn't work. So that was, that was really, it was a really great fit. Very so, so you had the advantage of being able to, in a sense, translate his words, um, his instructions into a pro- pro- probably a more effective, efficient way of doing it using Alexander, not lifting your shoulders or anything like that, but just coming into using standard Alexander technique ideas of improving your, your functioning basically. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's what And even would you say you, so you would, your experience has been that even forgetting about putting your, your hands on a dog, uh, just your presence, uh, the, your visual presence, or perhaps your energetic presence, w- w- is pretty important in this process. Absolutely, that's right. So I walk into a room where there's uh, an aggressive dog or a problematic dog, and the people almost always say to me, "Oh, he never reacts like this. He's usually jumping up and down. He usually goes straight." But I, my presence is a calming presence, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm emphasizing. So mm-hmm. I walk in there in my most Alexandered <laughs> uh, and grounded yeah. way, yeah, yeah. and 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 there has to be, you know, you, you know, it's it's an. I mean, we're animals, and we're looking at this from uh, as primal a perspective as we can. So, the top dog, the pack leader, as Caesar calls it, is the one with the strongest energy. Right. So I walk in with strong energy. That means I take over the environment, which means the dog is in his place as as a follower, which most dogs are. They're followers. They don't want to be leaders. Right. It's very stressful for them to become leaders when they think the humans around them don't have the right energies for leading. Right. And nobody's right. being a leader. And so the dog, they get very neurotic if we don't behave in a leader-like way. Right. So for someone listening to this who, who has a, a, a problematic dog... Um, are there some suggestions that you could offer that would allow them to explore the ideas you've just talked about a little? Well, let me think for a moment. Um, well, like I say, it's it's a lot to do with your presence, and even people who don't know about the Alexander Technique are capable of creating that sort of energy where you're thinking of taking, you're owning the room. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, you've got that sort of, royal type of feeling i own this room with your head up high you know that that would that's very helpful to begin with mm-hmm. um you can um one yes so here's the thing you can here's the most important thing mm-hmm. to do with a dog it's the walk that is the most important uh way of affecting the mind and stability and emotions of a dog so what we want to do is Take the dog out for a walk, and regular walks are essential for a balanced dog, but not a walk where the dog is in front of you, leading you, pulling you, which I see all the time. Mm-hmm. That's very, very, very stressful for a dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, 
if they think that they have to lead because you're not and mm-hmm. they're pulling in front of you and it seems like the dog wants to do that mm-hmm. uh, but it's not a healthy thing for a dog to do and uh, you can see their eyes are bugged out they're panting <laughs> yeah. they're stressed yeah. that's yeah. a sign of stress what you want to do is give little corrections as in pulling the leash towards you and making a little tiny touch basically on the neck not a hard pull not yanking the dog it's not about getting the dog to be next to you this is what the end result is going to be that the dog is going to be next to you as opposed to in front of you but you're not pulling him over you're giving him a correction as in hello wake up you Mm -hmm. need to be next to me i'm in control here so you might want to do little tiny pumps on the leash Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. really effective and you know if you watch caesar milan's um Free video. There's a lot of free videos on YouTube. You can see that in action. Hopefully, I'll have something like that up one day, but I don't have one right now. Right. But you know, a, yeah, that's the most. Give a correction when a dog is doing something you don't want. That's what a mother does to a puppy. The mother just gives a little bite, gives mm-hmm. a little touch, mm-hmm. bumps the dog. That's what you want. And anytime the dog is barking. You can, uh, if, if say somebody comes to your front door and the dog's barking too much, I mean, it's good for the dog to bark a little, but, you know, if it's, in, if it's bothersome and, or if it's too aggressive or too intense, you don't want that behavior. So you walk in front of the dog, in between the door and the dog, you turn around towards the dog and back the dog up away from the door to a, a place like where there's a line, like there's a carpet or something mm-hmm. or a mat, and you get him or her to stay right there um, and it's all done with your body language so you want to be as large <laughs> a presence as possible right. so those are two really good suggestions would you say that 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 technique you described of the gentle tugs on a on a leash is, would you see an analogy between that and how a good horseback rider guides a horse with with the reins very gentle uh, directing of a horse? Yes, but it's not exactly the same thing because um, this is more of the bite of the mother. This is like, hey, hey, we don't oh, okay. want that. Okay. It's not so much. It is a guidance, but it's more of a correcting guidance. Like, mm-hmm. and the dog understands when you stop correcting the dog, the dog knows like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> the, you yeah. know, we're... Um, it's it's slightly different. The dog is programmed in a different way, uh, and it, it wants to fit in. Uh, I mean, uh, horses are not my subject, so I can't speak about them very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, I did ride a lot as a kid, but uh, it's there's a there's a pack mentality with the dog, and of course they're predators rather than horses, prey animal. Right, right. Eyes at the side, uh, and dogs have eyes at the front as a predator. And they want to be put in their place. They want, they actually want it. The way a child needs rules, dogs need rules. They're much happier if they know they're supposed to be on a particular mat. They're supposed to sit in a particular place. They're not allowed on the couch. All those sorts, you know, they're not allowed in the kitchen while I'm cooking. I Mm -hmm. back the dog away. These make a dog very, they they make a dog more um, calmer and more balanced and more, able to say, okay, you're the pack leader and I'm submitting to that, to your role as the pack leader. And would you say those, uh, in terms of those corrections that are in a sense mimicking what a dog's mother might do to a a puppy, 
is are are there ver- verbal versions of that as well? Well, you know, in fact, we use a lot of words with dogs. Generally, people use a lot of words with dogs, and it really is not helpful. It only escalates excitement, and excitement is is the enemy, in fact, because excitement leads to bad behavior. Mm-hmm. So it's better to be silent or use, you can say no, or you can say hey, or you can use or some right. sound like that, you know, like <laughs> normally I go hey or hey. Right. And so so not a lot of lot, not a lot of uh, you shouldn't be doing that kind of statement. Right, not a lot of <laughs> trying to explain it to right, them, which is right. what we normally do yeah. and and we're you know, we're usually in some kind of hyped up stress state we're saying no, don't do that. Don't do that. That's the worst thing you can do for a dog. It doesn't help them at all. Cuz they, they pick up the hyper stressed aspect of it. They do. And not and, the, if, and not the content. Exactly. Okay, Content doesn't make sense to them. The words don't make sense to right, them. It's right. your energy. You stand up straight. You you know you go from being you know in a comfortable position to being your your largest self. That mm-hmm. means something to a dog. That means like I'm taking over right now. And and look them. You you don't look a dog in the eye if you don't know them. But if you know the dog, you look the dog in the eye and you're talking. You're talking with your mind, saying, "Hey, I'm saying this inside my head." I own this room, and you have to be over here. Mm-hmm. And that will come through in your body language, right? It comes through in the body language, and, you know, in fact, this is the other thing I've been studying recently is another way to communicate with animals telepathically is what it seemed, or intuitively. I'm not particularly telepathic, but I am intuitive. And um, what you do is you you send a picture. So you make a picture in your mind, it was hard for me at the beginning, but you know, you see the dog lying down, for example, and you close your eyes and you see that in your mind's eye. Well, then when you've got your eyes open, you don't even have to have your eyes open, but if you're looking at your dog and you're saying, I want you to lie down in your head, and you show a picture that, you, that you've recorded from earlier of mm-hmm. that uh-huh. dog, what it looks like when the dog lies down, you'd be surprised how that dog will understand you. It's really oh, I've amazing. Got to, I've got to try that with Yeah, you with must Sophie. try it. Yeah. It took me a long time to – I heard yeah. about this a long time ago and I didn't really yeah. get it. But it's, that's how they communicate with each other in pictures. Wow. I know. So, so um, from, what you, from what you said, it sounds like someone who wants to undertake this approach to working with their dog. I could, I could see two ways in which – uh, and an Alexander technique teacher could help. One would be in helping them achieve that kind of body state that you've talked about with some some teaching guidance. Yes. So working with the owner, as it were. Yes. But I could also see. Um, I mean, of course, Alexander teachers are not dog trainers particularly, but I would imagine sometimes a dog's behavior. Is, is somewhat influenced by its physical condition. Maybe it's in pain or not moving as well as it would like to. Um, so I would imagine an Alexander teacher could work with a, with a dog on on those kinds of issues. 
Absolutely. An Alexander teacher can work with a dog carefully because not all dogs like to be touched everywhere. Be careful. Right. Bitten recently when somebody really insisted that I work with a dog and I, I knew not to and I didn't listen to myself and I got bitten. Right. So do be careful. But um, yes, especially the hips. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like most animals, you know, the four-legged you know, ones in the house, the mm-hmm. dogs and cats, seems to get very stiff around their hips. Yeah. And if we help them get a little more space and mm-hmm. in the spine and mm-hmm. just the um, the movement that occurs from working with the, the head, between the head and the spine, that's amazing too. Mm-hmm. But particularly the hips, I find that's, uh, you know, that's where they they seem to fail first is in their hips. And you think a lot of that is... Um contracting type tension behavior on absolutely part. if yeah. a dog is not a balanced dog which most of our dogs are not mm-hmm. uh, because they don't get enough exercise so they're not fulfilled they're not happy they don't feel balanced plus they don't have this idea that someone's in control so they're stressed that nobody's in control and they have to do it and yeah all the fear just like us fear creates tension and they end up pulling their heads back and down and if you free the neck of a dog that's an amazing thing mm-hmm. um uh, they yeah they they pull for example a, an indication of uh, of tension is the dog lying down will pull its paw up towards its chest it's not a straight leg a straight leg would be a more relaxed dog mm-hmm. so that just a, a little indicator mm-hmm. but um, yes anything you can do to help the dog relax is what we're we're looking at and Alexander technique what I find with working doing Alexander technique on dogs is I generally start with my Ale- using my Alexander hands and giving a little massage in circles, mm-hmm. just little circles, but using my Alexander presence to do that. Mm-hmm. And then later on, if, they, if they're happy with that, then I go to the more subtle stuff. But I do find when I do the, the you know, true Alexander technique, they're, they're kind of moving around a lot while you're doing it because everything's readjusting and they're... They they run away sometimes and come right back, you know, they, mm-hmm. not that they mm-hmm. run. They walk away because they need to, to move and they come right back. It, it's a little bit of a different process, um, whereas massage, especially with the Alexander intention, is going to just straight calm them down right then and there. But, um, yeah, it's it's wonderful. And, and let me just say one more thing to the second way that you mentioned, working on the people. Mm-hmm. If we stay back in our backs, as Alexander suggested, that's what we're talking about here. You stay back in your back, that gives you a different sort of presence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And an Alexander teacher can help you to do that. Absolutely. So, so. And if you tell the Alexander teacher, Alexander technique can be used, applied to so many situations and needs. But if you tell the Alexander teacher that's what you want, is to be calm and assertive towards your dog, they're going to help you do that. Yeah, I would. You know, that's what I would do with someone sure. who said they want to sure. work with their dog. There's specific things that are more useful. Right, right. Is there anything we haven't covered that you would like to mention before we come to an end? I can't think of anything. I'm sure I'll think of it as soon as we're done. Well, <laughs> I I think this might be a perfect time to to bring our conversation to a close. My my guest today has been Ronit. Corey, who is an Alexander Technique teacher in Santa Barbara, California. So if you live in the Santa Barbara area and anything we've talked about, either as a human or speaking for your dog, uh, appeals to you, 
Um, I'll put a link to her website by the interview. And I'll also put a link to a website that will allow you to find an Alexander teacher anywhere in the world. Ronnie, uh, thank let's you. Just, oh, wait, wait, Robert, yeah. also I'm going to give you my Craigslist posting for Santa Barbara, and I think it goes to L.A. too. So that's probably a better thing to read about my what I do with dogs and animals. Okay, know. sure. Just okay. let, just send that to me, and I'll put it by the, the interview. Okay. Okay, so Ronnie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Robert. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank nice you. Nice to talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye.